bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, as we gather on this day here and in places around the world to worship you, we pray by the power of your word and your spirit that you would in this time continue to bring your healing, your hope in the midst of the things that we face every day that we would walk each day with you and know your love, your grace, and your mercy and find our power and our strength to persevere in times of trial and struggle and suffering. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and we pray that by your spirit, your, you would wash over us each and every day to renew and refresh, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Our gospel lesson today from the 17th chapter of St. John is often known as the high priestly prayer of Christ. And in this prayer, we see that Jesus takes time to pray, not simply for himself, although he does talk about that, but he takes time to pray for his followers, his disciples, for you and for me, because he realizes that that time is coming when he will no longer physically be in the world, but with his Father in heaven. And that the ministry of the gospel, the good news of salvation, will be entrusted to fragile human beings like you and like me. That we will still be in the world. And so he prays that we will be sustained in that world and that we will be lifted up and that we will be empowered to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in word and in deed. That we will, by our very actions, sing the words of that beautiful hymn, Lift High the Cross, the love of Christ proclaim. Because that's really what we are called to do to love one another even as he has loved us, to lift up the name of Jesus and the victory that he won for us on the cross, that victory over sin, over death, and over the power of the devil, so that we need not be afraid of the one who comes to devour. But in the midst of all of this, we are reminded in the words from 1 Peter today, to not be surprised at the fiery trials when they come our way. Paul reminds us in Ephesians that, that the devil is going to come after us and that we need to wear the full armor of God so that we can uh, extinguish, if you will, the, the flaming darts and the arrows and all of the shots that we sometimes take as Christians. Peter reminds us to not be afraid when those things come and when those things happen but rather when we are insulted or persecuted for the name of Jesus, to find our strength in those words of promise. You remember what Jesus said to us in the Beatitudes on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me.
to me during this time of COVID, it has become very obvious to me that there are those who really are all about persecuting the church. That there are those who want to exact their pound of flesh, so to speak, against the church. It's an obvious thing, and perhaps this, this virus has exposed some of those uh, prior hidden motivations. But also, what I'm seeing is that Christians are even more standing strong and standing firm in the midst of all of this. That Christians are loving and caring for one another and reaching out and helping each other to carry the burdens that so many are carrying. It's a challenging time. But we need to know that the church has been through challenging times before, that the people of God have been through challenging times. And sometimes when we face those suffering things, uh, we, people will ask the questions, is, is this God punishing us? Or is this a result of, of a sinful world? And, and my answer is, uh, we don't know. There are times in Scripture where God deliberately brings us suffering upon his people. And Why? to change their hearts. You remember the time when the Israelites were grumbling against God and what did he do? He brought poisonous serpents against them. It happens. But it's not for us to really determine what the origins of the suffering are at times. Because God can also use those, those wrong origins from the devil himself to still serve his purposes and to meet his needs. But in the midst of all suffering, no matter the source of that suffering, what God does is calls us to turn to him. But rejoice insofar as you share in these sufferings, these in Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. In other words, in our times of suffering, what do we do? We turn to Christ because we know that he suffered for us. That he went through the cross, not because it was a requirement, but because it was necessary. It was necessary for him to give himself for us as a sacrifice. It was necessary for his blood to be shed that our sins could be washed away. Could he have turned his back on that duty? Yes. He could have turned his back and said, you know what, I don't want to go through this. But he didn't. There are times when we in our lives don't want to go through periods of suffering that we face. We might even pray that same prayer that Jesus prayed, take this cup from me. But in those times, we also need to understand what God is doing. For God can use those times of suffering in our lives to shape and to mold and to refine and to purify. It's like a raw piece of metal. It doesn't become a sharpened sword just because it wants to become a sharpened sword. It has to go through the fire. It has to be hammered. It has to be beat up. It has to be refined and polished sharpened. Sometimes God does that in our lives. 
He uses the things that we face to polish us, to put us through the fire, to beat us into shape, to help us to have that refined edge so that we can do the tasks that he has prepared in advance for us to do. It's not always easy. I love the words of C.S. Lewis. He put it this way. He said, hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. God is shaping and molding us, even in the midst of this time and the things that we face. He's molding and shaping us so that as we come out of this time, as we come out of this period of suffering, that we are prepared for the work that he's laid in advance for us as individuals and as a congregation and as a people of God to do things perhaps that we weren't doing before and to do things in better and more effective ways. We need to remember that. And we need to remember that even as Christ is praying for us and praying for his disciples in this world, that we too are called to be a people of prayer, that we are called to go to God in prayer and to lay our concerns and our needs before him, to, as Peter reminds us, cast all of our anxieties on him. To not be afraid to just lay it all out there, to tell him what we're feeling and thinking and, that, and what we're suffering. To tell him about the loneliness that we have because of this stay-at-home rule. To tell him how our hearts ache to be able to greet one another with a hug or a handshake. To be in fellowship, to be in worship. We can lay all of those things before him in prayer. We can lay before him the needs of others as we're aware of them. Those who are suffering in various ways from the virus or other illnesses and diseases. Which sometimes right now are even being overlooked. To care for one another and to realize that in the midst of our own suffering, there are others around us who likewise are suffering. Do not be afraid to be insulted for the name of Jesus, to pray for our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. That in the midst of all of this, a clarity comes to us which says that Christ is above all and in all and through all. And that our focus through all of this is not on what the government is or isn't doing or what a, this person is or isn't doing, but we are called in all of this to bring our focus on Jesus Christ and the cross of salvation. Because it's there that we find our strength. Peter reminds us that the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's, that's what he does. He wants to use times like this to destroy our faith, to bring us down, to weaken us, to drive us apart. He wants us to surrender, to give up. And yet we are called to the strength of Christ. And we are told to resist him. To be firm in our faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by our brotherhood throughout the world. Others around the world are going through the same things. But we stand firm as the body of Christ ministering to each other. And we are reminded in Scripture that all periods of time and all, all uh, situations of suffering ultimately come to an end. This too shall pass. And we shall persevere in the name of Jesus Christ. 
that he will, by his power and his strength himself, restore and confirm and strengthen and establish. And he does that to us as individuals, and he does that to the church. And I believe that we, we have those promises from God. That even as we move through this time and through this period, that we will be uplifted and sustained and that God will continue to rule over our hearts and our minds and continue to shower us with love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. And that he will hold before us always the promise of eternal life and salvation. You see, to me, it's a promise that God keeps. It's a promise that shines over his church and over us as individuals that he is our God and we are his people, and that he is with us through all things. Yes, we will face times of struggle and trial. We're facing it now. It will come again. This isn't a one and done thing. It may not be a virus next time. It may be something else. But in those periods of suffering, in those periods of trial, we always turn and we always build our lives upon the name of Jesus Christ. For that's where our victory is found. And that's a promise that we can build our lives on. That God is there with us through it all. Let us not be ashamed to wear the name of Jesus Christ. But give God all of the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.